Okay, so do you love Chip and Joanna Gaines? I know that I sure do, and most, a lot of people love them as well. They are the powerhouse couple behind hit TV show Fixer Upper on HGTV, if you don't know who they are. Came across an article about them in my INC magazine from last year. I have a lot of these issues with these magazines that I were not able to read last year, both because of just some stressful things happening at my job. And then 2020, the pandemic hit. So the combination of both of them, I did not get to a lot of this magazine as well as some others. So I'm pulling out some tidbits from the articles inside before I recycle the magazines. And on this particular magazine, this is the one from March, April, 2020. It featured Chip and Joanna. They were actually on the couple. And I, you know, was always drawn to the show, not only because of the aesthetic that Joanna does. It's not necessarily my style. Um, well, I do like it for my bedroom, that kind of farmhouse look, but it's not for my whole house, but it's always beautiful. And then Chip is always just so playful, so fun. And she has a very, you know, calm demeanor. And I just always thought that they were just a great balance for each other, not only as a couple, it seems, but also for, you know, for the show. So, and then she was also a great, I think, um, variance from what HGTV seems to have been doing for a while as, you know, as far as what their hosts look like. It was kind of like, Everybody kind of looked the same. And here they come. They're this couple that kind of stood apart from what was becoming a little bit more norm on the show, in my opinion. So I always found the show enjoyable. And so I picked out five things from this article that I felt, you know, could help me in my reselling business. But I think that it can help anybody in their business that they have. Um, the first thing that I was thinking about when I read it was to trust your instinct and do what you truly believe. It talks about how the executives of their show at first wanted Chip and Joanna to be in different parts. They kind of wanted it to be um, the same as other shows where you have the guy, he is doing the renovation and the woman, she is doing the decorating. That's what, you know, the layout of most shows are. But then once they realized that people were drawn to the relationship that Chip and Joanna have, then they kind of pivoted and wanted them to be, you know, in the exact same space all of the time. If he's renovating in the kitchen, he want her there doing something in the kitchen. But what they realized was that the audience um, like their relationship and it, it like their idea of home. And that's what, you know, Chip and Joanna realized. And, you know, and home is the place that you live with your family. And that's kind of what they conveyed on the show. And they realized that that theme, you know, resonated with audience even more than what it is that they did. So they began to reshape their business to this vision. And that not only transformed their business, but also talked about how the success of their business also helped to transform, you know, the whole city of Waco. 
Um, a lot of tourists come in from the busloads to see the silos, which is the name of the um, the area that they renovated that had like some big silos and they put like a retail shop there. It has a place outside for you to picnic with your family. You know, the surrounding areas have built hotels and they're going to build some more hotels. You know, they kind of um, started a boom in the area. And it's all because, you know, I, to me, it's because they had the courage to follow their vision and did what they thought was best rather than following some cookie cutter formula that, you know, their executives look at for, okay, this is what is, makes up a successful show. So you need to do this. Instead, they were able to realize what it is that their audience wanted and, you know, that was true to them and they were true to themselves and they were able to parlay that into a very successful business because they followed their instinct and did what they um what they wanted and two this transitions into you know doing things your own way you know second lesson you know joanna decided that she wanted to do a magazine but the only problem was that she did not like traditional magazines he thought that they had too many ads in there and that it got into the way of you know the reader feeling like they were having an enjoyable experience with the magazine so what she told them that she wanted to do was she didn't want any ads in her magazine and she wanted them printed on really high quality paper because as you know some magazines cut down on costs the quality of the paper is not that great, especially with the weekly type of magazines. So to compromise, because of course, you know, the people in charge of the magazines, they need ads for revenue. So what they decided was as a compromise, the magazines that she has, um, they don't have any more than 25 ads in there. The price of it is $8 and it only comes out four times a year. And I actually need to go ahead and get one of those magazines so I can check it out and see what, you know, what they're about. I've thumbed through them when I've been in the line at the grocery store and they're always, you know, very, the paper is very nice. It's always beautiful aesthetics in there. So I would like to read one to see, um, you know, what they have in there has like recipes and it's more geared towards their family because her thing was that this was not something that she was putting out to as a money maker. This is just like an extension of who they are and what they're all about. So it gave more insight into that. So got me thinking about some things that I could do to add to my brand that um, was not about whether about making money. One of the things that I do that is kind of along the lines of this, and it's kind of controversial. We're well, not very really controversial, but I've heard some sellers like to do it. Some think it's a waste of time. I like putting in notes uh, with my purchases. However, I go a little bit further with Poshmark um, because of the whole idea behind Poshmark that it is a um, social app and so I put like actual little cards in there that I get from a dollar store whereas 
with um, eBay, I just put like a little thank you on the slip that I put in there. And I've sometimes included cards with Macari as well. But reading this, I'm like, well, maybe to step up my brand, I need to do that with every purchase and not just with some marketplaces, just do it with all of them to kind of keep it cohesive and um, as a signature of my brand and showing that I'm going the extra step because it's really not that much um, in my opinion in terms of cost. But of course, you know, people can say that it can add up and it can, but for me, I think that it would be something that I would be willing to invest um, in the business. So, you know, curious, are there things in your business that you do strictly for the customer experience um, and to connect with the audience that you do um, and you don't really worry about the cost of it? Because for you, it's just something that is an extra that you want to do to um, to connect with people. That's an interesting question. I think I'm going to put that out on Instagram to see if, you know, what people like to do to go that extra mile for the customer. And tip number three is to know when to pivot to something else. You know, although the rustic style that they kind of prepared and made popular, you know, I've even seen some things in the Dollar Tree that go along with this aesthetic. They understand that the style might be waning. Chip even said that it's a 10-year trend and they are five years into it. And they're a little nervous about um, moving forward. So they're starting to kind of move away from it a little bit. And the president of their company actually commented that home renovations are not part of their business anymore because it would really be cost prohibitive to try to shuttle people around the country to do renovations. And he sees them more as, you know, a billion dollar brand and getting more into re, uh, restaurants and maybe retail, whether it be like a pottery bond thing to kind of exp expand on what they have on the silos. And Johan Joanna has actually hinted, well, not really hinted, but she suggested that her restaurant, that little bakery that she has may go nationwide. And on the long, same lines of pivoting, the fourth thing is I got out of the article was about diversification because back before the show, they had actually, um, they were going to do a village and they poured all of their money into this village. They were going to have houses there. They repaved the roads and then the housing market fell. So they were overextended for like two years. They did get a friend to invest $100,000 and they pre-sold a home, but they were stretched thin. And then tw 20... Um, 12 that's when they uh started with the um with the show on HGTV and so then they were able to you know get out of debt that way but that lesson that they learned from this was that they, was that they needed to diversify and not just put all the eggs in one basket like they did with that uh village so now they have they have the silos they have bakeries they have um, 
rental properties. They're going to be doing a hotel. Uh, they have partnerships for furniture, uh, things in Target. And then recently, you know, it was announced that they were going to have the uh, Magnolia. It's a channel that they are actually going to have that has, you know, recipes, cooking, home shows, all of that. So they have a lot of different things going on so that, you know, if one thing falls uh, they're going to be able to pick it up with something else because there's no way with all of these different businesses that they have that, you know, everything's going to fall at one point. So they've done a great job of diversifying, but at the same time, it's not all over the place. They all, you know, coincide with, you know, each other. And that's one thing that I'm looking for in my business. I pivoted from selling just clothes and I've you know I used to wonder why you know you'd watch a reseller and they'd sell out they'd start out selling clothes but then they would move to something else and I'm seeing why because clothes can be very cyclical you never know they have your your slow season in the summer there's going to be times like with the pandemic people were not buying clothes anymore because no one was going anywhere and I really didn't have other things in my closet so now I am getting to where I'm getting into more hard goods, getting into, um, I've always loved books, but books can be a long-term seller. You know, you may not always sell books quickly, but just having some books, having some DVDs, VHSs, some hard goods as far as home, home decor and having clothing, I've really seen an uptick in my sales because I'm selling more things that are non-clothing related now. And that is a part of diversifying. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of that in 2020 and taking a look at seeing what is selling so that I can pivot and be able to make more money. Because although I do like selling clothes, there's a lot that goes into selling clothes. And with the brands that I have available to me, I don't think I'm going to be making as much money as I would like to with selling clothes. So I'm going to supplement it with other things. And so the last and the fifth one and the biggest lesson, which came out of the article to me is believing in yourself because you can't take on all that they have taken on without having a lot of faith in yourself. And one thing Chip talks about is he talks about entrepreneurs such as Elon Musk and Steve Jobs. He says you have to believe in yourself because it's not going to happen if somebody else is feeding your answers. And that's not how universes are built. So and I look at what has happened because they believed in themselves because they believed in themselves. They've transformed a whole city. They have 750 people working for them. So that's 750 families, individuals, it's just, you know, it's, they've been able to do so much and it's just come from two people having a dream, executing it, not giving up when times got tough. And I think that can be a lesson for everybody. Just keep going, believing yourself and you will, you will get it done. And so I'm curious to know, what do you think? Do you think they're doing too much? Do you agree with their with their um what they're doing 
uh, their business ventures that they have? And what did you take from this? What was uh, appealed to you the most about the five lessons from there? So come make sure that you comment below. Let me know. Find me on Instagram at Posh Dazzling Diva. And thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.